Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift is proudly supported by the Murdoch University School of Arts. Do you want to learn how to make your own Twitch channel or podcast and outclass the competition? Well, the skills you learn in a creative degree in games, sound, film or journalism will put you in a class of your own. Have a look at murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to learn more about what they've got on offer. That's murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. Or you can search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift. Yes, yes. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift, the show dedicated to the indie games from around Australia and the world. My name is Scott and joining me tonight is my co-host Gianni. How are you going, mate? I am going fantastic and I'm glad that my name is written there so that I know who I am. <laughs> well, it was actually written as another name, but you know, the skills that I have mean that, we, you know. There. <laughs> we just rage on through. Uh, but anyway, tonight we have uh, Jay Armstrong joining us in the studio. Well, on the floor in any way to tell us more about Massive Monster's new game, Never Give Up. Thanks for joining us, Jay. Thanks so much for having me. Um, second time back on the show and I'm excited. It's going to be even better this time. So, yeah, <laughs> good to be here. Big things, big 50, things. 50 episodes ago. No, it was a 72 was the last episode we had you on, so... Wow, things Quite have changed. Quite a while ago. Seems like just yesterday. <laughs> um, first off today, we're going to have a look into the wild world and the wide world of loot boxes, possibly for the last time as we know them, because it's due to a new stance from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, and changing ideas around the way that we can make money out of games. That's it. Let's get started. <laughs> Yes, so the idea of loot boxes, they're not new. They've been around for a fair while, and they actually existed in forms before they actually were in games. They used to be called gacha devices, or that's how they used to be described in the old style. Uh, But now they're known as loot boxes, and gacha machines are obviously like those little put in a coin, get a little, you know, circular little ball thing, and inside there's a toy. So it's probably something... You lost me there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, gacha ponds, they're called. Right. To have them little arcades and people would put in yeah, a dollar yeah. and you'd hope to get the character you want and then it would always just be something trash. <laughs> um, but that's where that design thing is called gacha mechanics. Um, so it's probably something you're pretty well versed with. You might be completely sick of it as well. Well, Salvation might be just around the corner because some of the major players in gaming, namely Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, have announced some new initiatives that would require publishers to disclose the drop rates of all the rewards in their loot boxes Is this a good move? Well, it kind of depends on your current opinions. Um, The UK's House of Commons had an inquiry into loot boxes. Brendan O'Hara, who's an MP, asked if loot boxes were ethical 
and EA's vice president of legal and government affairs took issue with the term itself and said, we don't call them loot boxes. We look at them as surprise mechanics. Jay, what do you think about surprise mechanics? Um, I think, uh, I think this is a good move. Um, I think it's something that, uh, needs to be dealt with i think it's it's def it's hard not to see surprise mechanics as kind of picking on vulnerable people and like encouraging um misspending or people you you know maybe kids have their parents wallet on file and they're, and they're sort of buying this stuff and it's not always that informed an opinion so i think that this is a great move um i think interestingly like you're saying it's been around for a while it's kind of it's a very contentious topic in so retail premium games for console and PC, but in um, on say iOS or Android, it's just how people make money, and there's no question about it at all. So I think it's kind of it's a really interesting topic. It is fascinating because I guess you can compare the sort of mobile games or even the free to play games which use this uh, sort of you know loot box or gacha style. Um, Thing to make money basically because you don't pay for the game initially you are paying for it through a service but it's interesting to see some free-to-play games are now moving towards this sort of like almost like a season pass that's kind of the way to describe it um fortnite for example is one that has kind of had an interesting sort of path with this they they brought out a, a battle pass which lasts for you know about 10 weeks or so during that time you know exactly what you can earn in that in that particular space of time but um you kind of have to work towards towards a goal um, and I, I think it's kind of interesting to see as people kind of move their games towards this particular model. Um, do you think that that's a better way to do it, Jay? Yeah, certainly. I think I think the the move for the legislation is to kind of make this a lot more transparent, and the call is to have this information accessible to players. Um, but I guess the issue is, you know, how is that done, and is it done in a way where it's very clear to people that it is um a huge risk that you're taking or you know how you know your likelihood your percentage to win basically um so i think th it could be something that's hidden away in like a kind of user's terms and service or like maybe it's not something that's uh going to be easy to find for people who uh kind of suffer under these mechanics um so it'd be really interesting to see how it pans out but i definitely like the, the the idea of the season pass more than just kind of um, the gotcha the gacha pons. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, it all started to change pretty recently, didn't it? Yeah, it all seems to have happened uh, pretty quickly. I mean, you know, especially if you've been following the show, you know that we have been following the loot box kind of era, as I called it today, because uh, I feel like that it is kind of coming to a, a changing point where. It won't be the loot boxes of, of old that we've kind of gotten used to. And to be honest, like, there is no black and white in as regards to this. There have been people that have done the loot box system pretty well, and there's people that have done it horrendously. And the same can be said for the Battle Pass already, to be honest. I mean, let's look at uh, the recent um, outcry from the Apex Legends community. <clears throat> um, I think I think this is a great what move. Like, sorry? What happened with Apex Legends? Um, basically, they've had their new uh, event... Um, crown something last crown, week yeah. yeah yeah and there was a lot of um backlash on the internet and oh, oh, on reddit and then there was a whole uh, backlash on reddit. yeah 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 well because you know how reddit are 
but then also the developers. There's okay, so just a little jump in there. Uh, there is a pretty active Reddit um, subreddit uh, Reddit of uh, Apex Legends, and quite often the developers uh, or respawn will jump in and make some comments. And generally they're great. It's really good input. It's nice to have them right right there in the community. But this time they one of them had a little bit of a go at somebody, and it all kind of went down from from there. The exact quote, if you're wondering. So Drew McCoy, who was on the subreddit, said uh, he made a comment about the event because people were kind of quite annoyed with it. Um, there was a rare skin in it that they put a new mechanic in that you had to acquire $237 US worth. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Premium currency to unlock. And Drew McCoy said, look, we were not going to engage with people with temper tantrums. He said he was trying to explain why the developers were making a change in the face of player anger while signaling that the expressions of angers from player wouldn't always trigger a change. He added that he had been in the industry long enough to remember when players weren't complete asshats mm-hmm. to developers, and it was pretty neat. Um, so that's in reporting from Gita Jackson over at Kotaku, who said they kind of- But then um, somebody commented on it again, um, like basically negatively, and he's like, I think I found the dickhead. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he, it was it was like a, he doubled down and it kind of went all yeah. bad from there. I followed that subreddit pretty heavily as well. So, um, it was a lot for me. And I love Apex Legends as well for all its issues. Um, Vince Appella, who is uh, one of the leads at uh, Respawn, actually had to come in and apologize because of that. Yep. Um, but we asked the question of you um, on, on Discord, on the Pixelsift Discord. Uh, and on Facebook as well. Some of you have commented as well. Um, Blue Monkey on Discord says, I reckon loot boxes are only good in a game with an economy, uh, such as TF2, Team Fortress 2, CSGO, uh, Counter-Strike. Um, but games where it's untradeable and there's no return for how much you place into is, into is gambling an item, at least with a battle pass, you can grind for all your items as well. And mm. on the Pixelsift Discord, you should really do yourself a favor and have a look at this if you get the chance, pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. Ultima Odin and Delicious Orange had a super comprehensive discussion um, there saying uh, Delicious Orange says um, they don't reckon that loot boxes are going away. Rather, the battle pass or season pass is that extra layer on top for monetization. Ultima Odin says that they reckon loot box odds should have been disclosed from the start. Cosmetic only loot boxes don't feel as bad as boxes that hold better gameplay items. And they also talk about hidden mechanics like pity timers, which actually up your odds if you hadn't had a good item for a while. Um, but it's definitely super comprehensive. And do yourself a favor and check that out at pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. Jay, have you ever been tempted to add a loot box or a season pass to any of the games that you've worked on? Every game I've worked on, I've put in loot boxes, but um, had to remove them uh, because of player backlash. So that's <laughs> kind of a, it's a struggle. <laughs> no, um, the type of game we make is, is much kind of smaller. We don't have economies in them. Um, we just want to be upfront. You know, we're kind of the way we do things is kind of you spend your money. Here's your game. I hope you enjoy it. And that's kind of it's as simple as that with with massive monsters. So um, not yet, but um, maybe one day, maybe one day. And that shiny dollar is sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't um, know how long, you know, I can I can hold out before I give in and go for it. What about if you brought that brought your games over to a different platform? Because did um, the Adventure Pals move over to iPad eventually or was it available not- on mobile? It's it's not been available, um, but just simply because the um, the amount of controls we had, it just kind of wasn't possible because we had we used the whole of the, the gamepad and trying to get that onto a onto a touch screen just didn't really work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when you do move to a different platform and there is pres- pressure, so like with mobile and stuff like that, to give it away for free or for just a couple of couple of bucks, then 
you do kind of have that pressure to add in extra ways of making money. And there are ways to do it where you're not, um, you know, kind of pay to win. Um, you not can avoid that. Arsehat. And there are some games that not being an arse at as well. Mm. That's kind of something, <laughs> something I try to do, but I really struggle with. Um, what are some of the, I guess, the good examples you've seen, one that you think that has actually worked out pretty well? So it's just a lot of games. Um, uh, one of the games I'm thinking about is the Kingdom Rush series. So they have stuff in there that you can pay for. And I've happily bought kind of heroes and things like that because you can get them anyway. Um, and it's all just kind of done very honestly and open. And, you know, here's some cool other features. You don't need them, but they are here. And when you love the game, you don't mind giving a few, few extra bucks to the developers for a bit more content. And I think that's completely fine. I think the problem comes when you can't actually win without spending money and you've already spent $60 on the game in the first place. I think you've absolutely nailed it there. Um, you know, like consumers aren't un- gen- generally unreasonable. You know, if, if you've paid 60 bucks for a game, it is unreasonable to continue to ask them for more money, especially if there's you have to spend $240 to get all the content that is available to you. But if you get the game yeah. for free, say again with Apex Legends, and you haven't paid anything for it, like, and you pay, say, $10 for a battle pass, if that enables you to be able to get everything possibly that's available, that's more than fair. But it, it's just, it really just comes down to fairness. Uh, like, people don't like to be taken advantage of, even if it is just over, you know, $10, $15 or whatever. Um, I think it's really interesting. There's some games that have kind of had loot boxes and have gotten rid of them. Rocket League is probably the one that's most notable recently. And there's actually that's a, a big YouTube, deal. Um, yeah, it, that's a premium game and it had a loot box sort of mechanic in it, a, a random crate. They're getting rid of it. They're going in the favor of sort of an ongoing season pass, battle pass sort of uh, model now. Um, but there's actually a YouTube creator called John Sandman mm. who, who's, who's made his like YouTube career out of opening loot boxes and uh he's just like well writing's on the wall better go find a real job <laughs> he's pretty great yeah but he's funny about it though and he's been really good about it for someone who basically is affected the most out of this he's been really good yeah. about it he's like well if i can't survive after this then i'm a pretty shit youtuber then isn't it it's like that's yeah, a much. really good stance yeah. to have I might leave you with a few more comments from um, people who, who chimed in on all the social platforms. Um, Alex on Facebook says uh, that uh, he'd be happy to trade loot boxes for a season pass. Uh, he says, definitely Fortnite's model of monetization is still the best out there. A season pass tells you that if you try hard enough, you'll get what you want. A yeah. loot box tells you maybe, probably not though, not to mention this, <laughs> you buy exactly what you want straight away. It's easily the most consumer-friendly model. And Luke on Facebook says, Season passes are definitely the new hotness. I think in, in general, game companies have realized that. First, it's more of a fixed source of income. It doesn't fluctuate as much due to the fact that people purchase a season pass once and at a higher price than a single cosmetic. And secondly, and more crucially, Luke says, uh, it's an investment in time as well as money that keeps players attracted to stay in the game's ecosystem for longer. So that boosts the overall game population, social media presence, and exposes them longer to other revenue models which may exist in game addition to the pass. That's a really good point. Um, uh, Vicary says, if I'm being honest, I hate, this is on uh, on Discord, says, if I'm being honest, I hate the idea of being able to buy things in game with real money, but I also hate being paywalled with a season pass. Both re- result in people facing a gamble 
yeah. of if the season pass or loot box purchase was worth it and for whom the purchase turns out to not be worth it, they're left with a sour feeling in their mouth and Retro Addict agrees with Vikery there. So there we go. Yeah. I'll just Which add one? in another comment from uh, Luke from a Facebook um, just because it just echoed how I felt it was really well. He said, to be fair, it's never been about one method in entirety over the other. It's about the individual implementations of them. We've seen loads of crappy examples of loot box mechanics simply because they've been the mainstay for longer, but there are crappy examples of season passes too for sure well there we go problem solved we never have to have this discussion again all right well on that we'll move on to the next topic mitch what's discord discord is an online chat service that most gamers use incidentally you can also use it to talk to us at pixelsiv.com.au forward slash discord yeah you can talk about uh, episodes you can talk about upcoming topics you can probably even coerce mitch into playing a game with you online that's not gonna happen that is gonna happen you're doing it i'm saying that's happening sorry yeah well join discord you should grow your beard back pixelsiv.com.au forward slash discord oh my god Take that, Mitch. So, tonight we're talking to Jay Armstrong from Massive Monster about their latest game, Never Give Up. Uh, I have a beautiful sticker on my Mac top um, of, from Never Give Up that you that I got from you nice guys at PAX last year. But for those who were not lucky enough to be there and to play the game, Jay, uh, what is Never Give Up? So, Never Give Up is a super hard, uh, massive core platformer game. Um, in which um, not only is it sort of very difficult to play, but the game also actively makes fun of you for being bad. Um, <laughs> one of the, um, the two kind of different things about this game is that each, each level starts out very simply, and when you complete it, a few more traps are added and it's extended slightly. So you have like an iterative level design. And what that means is that by the time you're on the last room, you're um, jumping off walls, doing incredible stunts, like uh, avoiding all sorts of traps that were giving you um, trouble at the beginning and feeling like an absolute ninja. Um, And then the other thing is like when you are struggling too much, we have a give up button at the bottom left hand corner of the screen that flashes at you. And when you've had enough, you click that button and all the pain goes away. You move on to the next level. Um, and you can continue your progress, but the game will make fun of you for doing so. So it's a game that's hard, but it also is about pushing your buttons. But it's it's very much so in like a, not a kind of like macho, like you're not good enough, get good kind of mentality. <laughs> it's more very much like teasing you and kind of kind of prodding your buttons, but in a funny way. Can you describe, you just said a term there that I haven't heard anyone talk about before, masochore. What is that? <laughs> I think it's, you know, masochistic and hardcore mashed together to create Massacore. I hadn't heard about it um, until other, I read reviews about Never Give Up. And I was like, oh, that's, that's I guess that's, that's what us. it is. But, <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's us. We'll use that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it, I get it's games like um, N++, uh, Super Meat Boy, um, more recently Celeste. You know, those games that are, are very, very difficult, but they kind of... They, they offer a lot for speedrunners. Um, they're challenging, um, and really, you know, once you get into them, they're not as difficult as they as, as they appear to be. But you always get that kind of bragging rights um, with it. So, um, where the, where did the inspiration for this game come from? Like, where did you? Why did you decide to take a platformer in such an interesting new uh, direction? So, uh, this game actually comes from a long lineage of um, of massive core games. Um, it comes from um, a, two, a series of flash games called Give Up. So it's Give Up and Give Up 2. 
um, and I think Give Up actually predates the original Super Meat Boy. So this, like, this goes well, way back. It's got the, um, it's got the pedigree. Um, and it was a series of games um, which were platformers where the room got harder and you could give up at any time. Um, but this is, the, this is the full retail build out of, of the game. Everything that we wanted it to, to be. We got voiced by Aaron Hansen of the game Grumps, who's hilarious. Um, 150 something rooms, um, traps, blood everywhere, loads of cutscenes, cinematics, um, a kind of full, full build out. And it was, it's the game that the series and fans of that series have always, has always deserved. Um, when we were talking last time, you were talking a lot about that legacy of the Flash games. Um, this game is being you know, published in part by Armor Games, which is one of those yeah, right. sites that used to, to host it. So can you tell me how you kind of continue that legacy on and, and sort of build that up um, for, for a new audience? Yeah, um, basically, um, so Massive Monster, we all started out as Flash game developers. That's how we learned to make games. So I don't think any of us would have been able to um, make anything with it without that platform. And it was a fantastic um, ecosystem that existed around it. You could make a game in a couple of months and you could go full time. And um, that's how I kind of fell into gaming. Um, and over the years, um, we just got very, uh, had a, developed a great relationship with Armor Games who are publishing this game. And um, Give Up is actually their IP. So it's actually their, their product, um, their game series. Um, and we were working with them for adventure, with adventure Pals, which came out last year. And that's what we were talking about last time I was on the show, 50-something episodes ago. Um, and so we were kind of uh, working on this game. It was all going well. And they kind of said, hey, um, we really want to make this game. Would you guys be interested? And, of course, we, we, we jumped at the chance because we love those games. We love, we love armor games. We love um, everything that those games kind of entailed. Um, and we're just so proud to have this game out now that we can you know, share with the world. If you're just tuning in, you might be watching on one of our live platforms. Um, we're talking to Jay Armstrong from Massive Monster. Uh, it is a Massocore game. <laughs> a Massocore platformer. Love with. A Massocore um, platformer. Yeah. Never Give Up is the name of it. It's uh, the sort of, is it the spiritual successor? Is it a sequel? It's like maybe a reboot. I mean, it is a sequel, but they, we just didn't call it Give Up 3. We thought give it a new name. <laughs> Yeah. So yep. did you talk uh, to them before you started, uh, you know, jumping on with the successor? Uh, yeah. So the original creator, um, Tasselfoot, um, produced this game with us. So he Fantastic. developed the game alongside of us. So um, it is Massive Monster, but very much in, you know, in tight partnership with Armour Games. Tasselfoot works with Armour Ga- or for Armour Games. Um, and so it's very much a Massive Monster giving a big old high five to Armour Games and, and creating, creating this. Now, we did see the game um, at PAX Australia last year. We played yes. it and uh, luckily there was no speakers that we could hear ourselves getting uh, <laughs> very politely reminded to do better. Um, yes. how, how does it sort of display and when you're touring it around and, and how do people pick it up when, when you have it at conventions? Oh, dear, it's so interesting. Um, so we put it out there and... Um, it doesn't attract everyone. It's definitely not a game for, there's a lot of blood. Um, it's kind of, a, it's kind of, um, it's doing what it sets out to do, which isn't for everyone, but for certain people, it tweaks something in them. So what we see is people come back day after day and it, they're just like desperate to get that, like um, that the fastest time. So we often have competitions, you know, who's got the fastest for the whole weekend. Um, and we've given out trophies and things like that. It's a brilliantly wow. like competitive game. And people who have that in them, people who like speed running or just, you know, really want to perfect the time, have a perfectionist 
um, personality, really, really get into this. So if you are one of those people, please do check out the game. Um, it's, um, it just appeals to that. And we put in a bunch of stuff to help as well. We've got like live splits. So as you're running through, you can kind of keep track of your splits. There's leaderboards. Um, you can race your own ghosts. So you can race your best time to try and improve as well. So it very much is that sort of game. And, and you know, I mentioned the give up button. So although we call it a massacre platformer, there's a lot of stuff that makes it easier as well as harder. So you can really set your own challenges. There are collectibles that you can ignore or you can get to unlock costumes, but they're usually in very difficult places. So as you're playing, you can actively kind of choose your, your difficulty and you can have checkpoints on or off. And um, we kind of trying to appeal to all sorts of people. Um, but really, we see the, if you're into kind of speed running or watching other people die a lot and laughing at them, uh, this is a game for you to check out. Um, can you describe what you do to kind of make it sort of easier and harder for people? And do you kind of adjust that on the fly? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, sorry. So, yeah, well, we are really inspired by obviously, you know, Meat Boy and M++ and games like that. But also recently um, we saw Celeste and they did a brilliant job of making a very hard game more accessible. So we wanted to do the same thing. So we have the give up button. So if you are really struggling, press the give up button, you move on to the next level. And that's kind of core to the whole game. And it always has been. And it's just a really interesting way. When you are like on that second last level and you just really had enough, you can, you can just quit and, and carry on and you can revisit it later. It put a big, puts a big red gave up stamp over the level. So you always remember that you've done it. It's a stain on your honor, but you can come back and do it when you're feeling a bit better. We also have things like you can toggle on infinite jumps. So there is a double jump, but you can toggle on infinite jumps, which just means that, again, you can set your own challenge. Um, you can turn on checkpoints, which like I need them because um, they really help a lot. Um, and we also have um, collectibles and things like that in the level that will be in very difficult places to get to. So um, if you just want to get through the level and that's all you can manage, just forget them and carry on. Um, but if you are looking for that extra challenge, you can do that. And the hardest thing about this game is we have a permadeath mode. So, so if you're if you want a serious challenge, if you're the most massacre, you can turn on permadeath, and one death throughout the whole game clears your save, and you have to start again. Oh, and um, do you know what I put? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. So I we kind of put that in as a bit of a joke, just kind of you know Mm. laughing, like no one will ever do that. And three people have already done it, and the game came out last week. So it's, it's amazing the sort of the, the, the skill level out there of people. Um, and that's been really fun to watch as well. So it's super easy. It's super hard. You pick your own challenge. How does it feel now to have this under your belt? Um, we, we asked you how you felt after the Adventure Pals came out. You've now got the, the next game out in the world. People are passing it at the hardest difficulty possible. How does that feel? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels, it feels pretty great, to be quite honest. Um, it's been a long-term kind of dream to have console games out there and games that I've made and, and work and I've been able to work with some amazing people. Um, and it just, yeah, it feels fantastic. And, um, so anyone, like whenever I see a video of someone playing the game or hear someone talking about it or see an article or people talking about it on social media, whatever, it kind of, it keeps getting me kind of emotional. So <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together, but it's just like, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. And to have two games on the Nintendo switch, uh, within a couple of years, fantastic and i'm just so excited for what massive monster is going to do next and you know i hope everyone keeps an eye out on us because i think we have some big things planned well can you give us a hint i was about to say yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what we will give you a hint at pax australia i promise i'll even show you something 
Mate, little, we will be there. Exclusive. We're going to hold that. Okay. We're going to hold you to that in person. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Do it. You heard it here first. Remember, all, um, remember sorry, that, Sifters. <laughs> um, people can play it now. Um, where can people go if they want to find out more information, if they want to test out how much they want to punish themselves? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Never Give Out, it's, it's on Steam, um, it's on uh, a Nintendo Switch. So we've got PC, Mac, and Nintendo Ship Switch. Um, I should say it's not just Steam, it's also GOG and Humble and kind of anywhere else where you like to get your, your games. Um, but just um, check out Never Give Up, or you can go to massivemonster.co, and we've got links to the game on all the different platforms. Um, but yeah, I do encourage people to check it out. It's definitely... Um, something that you can on the switch you can sort of play for a little while and put down for a bit and come back to because the switch has that like auto kind of restart which is fantastic so it's great to kind of play in little chunks as well so you don't get too frustrated um, but yeah so have either massivemonster.co or just set for never give up game um, and it's on pc mac and nintendo switch and one of course, last thing before we go to wrap please. up i, I want to know um are there any, like, I guess, myths or anything you wanted to bust about the, the making of this game? Anything that you think that people may have got the wrong end of the stick of? Is there something that you might have heard that you're thinking <laughs> oh, of? <laughs> you know, people, people on Reddit are very Reddit well balanced. Blown up. Yeah. Well balanced. Uh, but I'm just wondering if people kind of misinterpreted what the game was about or anything you saw that was interesting? I think, yeah, I think that's one thing that I would say, which is that, um, first of all, it's, it's, Two things, I think. First of all, it's, um, it's not a Flash game. It comes from the Flash game series, but it's from the ground up. It's built to be a full, you know, full console and PC Mac release. Um, it's tons of features, as I say. Great voice acting by Ego Raptor. Cutscenes, loads of levels. And it's, so it's, it's a full-on game. It, don't get confused. It's not a, it's not a Flash game at all. Um, and then the second thing is it's not as hard as we kind of make it out to be if you don't want it to be. It can be. You can play permadeath. You can go for all the coins, um, but don't be intimidated by the game. Um, if it's not your type of thing, check it out. Uh, maybe watch a few videos and you might be surprised that actually it's actually it's actually quite manageable. That's it. So you head out here first. Go to massivemonster.co and of course all the other social medias, Massive Monster or Never Give Up. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Pixel Sift. Uh, that is about all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you very much, Jay, uh, for telling us all a um, lot more about Never Give Up. This episode has been hosted by myself and Gianni. Uh, thank you for joining me, Gianni. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, great to have you back on the show again, Jay. Let's not make it 50 episodes for the next yeah, one. Hey? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Let's make it sooner. Yeah, that's <laughs> brilliant. Thank you guys for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Pixel Sift is produced by Scott Quigg. That's me, Sarah Ireland, Fiona, Fiona Bartholomeus, Mitchell Lowe, and Gianni Giovanni. Giovanni, sorry, mate, is our executive producer. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> right here, buddy. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to make these 129 episodes of Pixel Sift if we didn't have the support of Murdoch University. Go and check them out and tell them we sent you. If you can to lean, learn more about a great creative degree, head to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. Gianni. As always, we're going to stick links to the topics uh, that we talked about in this show. If you want to read up a bit more about what was going on, that website is www.pixelsift.com.au. You can come join us on Discord. We'd love to have you there. You can say hello to Jay, who's there at the moment as well. Uh, that's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. If you've got any questions about some of the developers who may have been on the show, lots of them are still there for you to chat to. You can just chat to them there. Pixelsift.com.au. Yeah. Great community. Discord. If you like what we do, tell a friend because we don't pay to advertise and we rely on word of mouth. 
for people to find the show. That's right. So if you're a, you know, a budding developer or anything, get on that Discord. It's a great source of information and whatnot for you. And it's just a good place to be. On our next episode, will be, which will be on the 5th of September, um, you can, of course, join us next week for Pixel Sifter Players, where we play some of the indie games that feature on our show. That's about all for this week. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. See you later. See ya. Thanks. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.